Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the CPL Newsroom podcast for Monday, July 12th, here with my usual cast of characters after a really good week again in the Canadian Premier League and also Canada in the Gold Cup, which we'll get to very shortly. The CPL results are as follows. Halifax Wanderers 2, FC Edmonton 1, Jean Morelli Brace in the end was enough after Fraser Aird scored again outside the box. Pacific FC continued their outstanding week with a 3-0 victory over York United. Bustos again will get to him with a brilliant brace. Valor won, Forge nil. Austin Ricci again with another great <laughs> strike in this game. And on Cavalry in the nightcap lost by two goals to nil to Atletico Ottawa with Meester's men getting on the board with a crucial victory for the first time since the opening day of the weekend. Here again with my cast of characters, as I said. Uh, by the way, Antoine Coupland scored in this game, and if you missed it, the celebration afterwards was just absolutely a masterclass in how to celebrate. Forget, you know, giving the love to the guy who just passed you the ball. Just ran right past Vitti Martinez. <laughs> no credit. All to his teammates on the side. He's only 17. That's right, just 17. He was the youngest player at the Island Games last year. A wonderful moment for Coupland. And so with that, uh, my boys, one thing I want to ask you guys is what is one of the things you will never forget that you did when you were 17? I know some of you, this was literally only like two years ago or something. <laughs> uh, but from, for those of us who are older, it's a little bit longer. But one thing you did at 17, you'll never forget. Brady Reed. Yeah, uh, I graduated high school at, at 17. And, and I didn't realize it'll be 10 years next year until you sent that email. So I'm having a bit of an existential crisis this morning. So thanks to you and, and thanks to Antoine for that. You're welcome. That's what we're here for, just for bringing out emotions. You know, we're not even going to talk about some kind of shootout, but we've all had a crisis over the last few, few, few hours. So, um, Marty Thompson, uh, what 17, what, what are you going to remember about that? First mentioned at a, at a minute and a half, I'd like to note. Um, it might be It might be when I went to take my driver's test to get my G2 and I put it in the snowbank. Like I put the car <laughs> off the road and then, we had, and then we had to push it out. And I remember telling my dad, I was like, you're going to drive the rest of the way. I can't do this. And then uh, did the test and passed. Whoa. Didn't, didn't tell the instructor I put it in the snowbank before I got there. But uh, that might be for. it. There you yeah. go. Charlie O'Connor Clark. Um, what did I do at 17? Uh, oh, I uh, I was playing rugby and I tore my Achilles. Oof. It's, that's probably the thing I'll remember most from from being 17. That's not good. That's I don't want one. to talk. I don't want to talk about sports injuries too often because <laughs> my baseball team's best player, Ronald Acuna Jr., is done for the year. That's enough about that. Oh, uh, Benedict Rhodes. Yeah. yeah, my thing actually involves Charlie. Um, brought me on a week in the Red when I was seventeen. Kind of kicked off this whole journey. Uh, definitely remember that forever. <laughs> oh, look at that! Love that. Nice way to finish. Right on. We're right talking on. about you know crises and smashing cars. <laughs> and Breaking, you know, <laughs> sports injuries and ben, Benedict bringing all the love for Charlie. Very man. wholesome. Thank you. I love Christian, that. what's what's your answer to this? 17. Ah, I, I think one of the mine's always sports references. I went to the Belgian Grand Prix when I was 17, and that one oh, of that's the great, cool, greatest though. experiences of my life. I, lots of stories about that. Not sleeping for four days, uh, camping next to some uh Germans who just literally had a boom box in the back of their truck for nonstop for 24 hours a day for four days and it, honestly some of the stories by the way no washroom to be seen from these Germans for four days so just uh, yeah crazy times at a campsite in the middle of Belgian forest but, hey it's 17 you have a great time right all right let's yeah. get into this uh Let's start with Canada this week. Canada 4, Martinique 1. They kick off the Gold Cup in style. Uh, well, 
maybe not after 10 minutes, but other than that, in style with 4-1, a crucial three points, early setback, but Laren, Azorio, Astakio, and Corbineau got goals. Uh, we have to say Corbineau now, by the way. Uh, we're right. finding out these new new pronunciations. Uh, but in the end, Charlie, you were our man on this. I did the game as well for one soccer. I'm sure most of our boys here watched it. Uh, in the end, pretty comfortable game. We'll get to Buchanan in a second because that's the major storyline. But I think as good as you could expect, aside from the little setback there, Charlie. Yeah, I, I think so. It's kind of, you know, first hurdle cleared at this Gold Cup and, and probably the lowest hurdle they will have to jump. Right. But uh, yeah, I, I think one of the things that John Herdman was actually really impressed with after the game was how quickly they did respond after, you know, a, quite frankly, a disastrous start. You never expect to go down in the first 10 minutes to Martinique. And, you know, Mark Anthony Kay raised his hand after the game. He took it completely on himself. And, and it was, you know, uh, a pretty suspect pass at the back that, that led to the goal. But Canada really didn't get down. They kind of just didn't really change their plan at all after that, which is, is probably the right thing to do in this game. They just continue to press forward. They kind of get on the board with, with a, a set piece which sometimes is the best way to maybe open the floodgates a little bit. And really, it, it was ultimately as comfortable as, as I think we would have expected. Yeah, I certainly think that. The the big moment, if you missed it, came after 10 minutes where Kamal Miller defended a ball and actually tried to play the ball into central midfield. Mark Anthony mm -hmm. K came back. We see it many times, but there was just a bit of a press on. K couldn't really turn on his right foot and left foot was kind of covered. It was actually a decent press by Martinique. Led to just a disaster, the ball going in and almost an own goal and then K trying to clear it off the line. But uh, it's interesting though, guys, that John Herbman almost laughed about it. He didn't quite say he was glad it happened, but he almost virtually <laughs> did because this team is, you know, it, they are looking for tests. Mm -hmm. uh, Benedict, I'll come to you on this one. They are looking for tests, this Canada team. Uh, ultimately, I was doing the research, you know, they've had eight competitive games in two years. Over the last two years, they played 13 games where they've combined outshot and outscored the team 72 to four in some of these games. So they've not had a lot of tests. This was a bit of a test early and a good one to come over, Benedict. Yeah, especially with the other tests still to come in this tournament. I think it was, it was sort of good to almost have a bit of adversity. I think you guys both thought that on one soccer, it was kind of good to have a, a bit of a kick in the teeth, I guess, at the beginning and and sort of prove that they are able to overcome those, those challenges and those tests and you said we haven't seen Canada tested a whole lot over these past couple months, um, except for a couple scenarios. But uh, that's definitely good to sort of get that first test out of the way, I think. Yeah, no doubt. Charlie, let me come back to you. Uh, John Herman after the game, what was the overall impressions other than that? And then, and obviously, we'll, we'll segue here a little bit. Some praise for Tejon Buchanan, as many people are asking him about after the match. Yeah, he was he was actually really quite happy with, with that game. And I mean, sometimes, you know, I, from our end, we might look at a game against Martinique and, and expect it to be, you know, a fairly comfortable one. But obviously, Canada's missing some important players, and and I really, John Herman was was extremely pleased with the whole the whole performance. He thought that everybody who came off the bench really got involved very quickly. Uh, I think I think I just want to give a, a quick shout out to Junior Hoylett, mm -hmm. who you know hasn't necessarily been a a starter in in the first eleven of this team when everybody's there, but. He came in to start yesterday, did a really, really good job, and I think he's now Canada's all-time assists leader, which uh, is really good for him. Uh, but yeah, I think I think it was praise all around from John Herdman, who really was happy to see his team kind of tested and, and really pass that test. Yeah, and, and 
and Buchanan was really, uh, you named him your man of the match. You can read yeah. Charlie's analysis piece on campiel.ca as we look into this game a little bit more in, in detail. Uh, Tejon Buchanan, if anyone missed it, played as a left wing back, uh, which sounds defensive, but it, in the way that Canada set up, they basically play a back three. And in this game, it was Alistair Johnston on the right side, Stephen Vittoria at centre back, and Kamal Miller. Then they almost play a box of a midfield. And then that midfield base basically was in this game was Estacchio and Kay, Azorio and Hoylet almost tuck in and free the fullback to just bomb on. Mm -hmm. And in a game like Martinique, they can certainly do that. Whether they, whether they can do that against US or not, we don't know. Uh, but Charlie Buchanan played on the left. We haven't seen him much on the left at all in any kind of professional outfit. But he played on the left. Alfonso Davies obviously not there. And he was an absolute menace in this game. Yeah, he was a real handful for, uh, for those Martinique fullbacks. I think it was the, the Osorio goal where he completely got just directly around his man, just with the ball at pace. Uh, and I think the maybe the, the best thing about this is obviously that wingback position and this whole tactic, as you explained, is in many ways designed to have Alfonso Davies in it. Mm -hmm. And I think it, it's clearly becoming increasingly so the way that Canada is going to play going forward. I mean, we haven't seen him against a big team like the US yet, but I think the best thing is that they're able to to have a player like Buchanan who can come in and play that pretty much same role that Davies would have. And they don't have to change everything up. They don't have to completely throw the plan out the window because Buchanan can come in and do that role extremely well. And I, I really think that he was kind of the difference maker for Canada because he had a big opportunity. They played a lot of the game through him. He had a lot of the ball and it really worked out. It really did. It's great that this Gold Cup's going on. I was thinking that last night, and I know as one international tournament ended, and we're not talking about that one, another one began, uh, that, you know, there's been some discussions, particularly over here in the CONCACAF region, on the importance of the Gold Cup and some of the players not playing for the United States. And obviously, Mexico had some issues with their draw, and, you know, Chucky Lozano's now been injured, and suddenly they're getting stretched. So everyone's kind of being stretched here, Marty. But there's there's a feeling, is there not, that the, the, these, these games are, you know, we, we need to take advantage of these as a nation, as Canada. Like, we certainly not want to just say, oh, we don't need these competitive matches. I know everybody's eyes are coming to the World Cup qualifiers in September, quite rightly so. Uh, but Martinique here, Cuba this week, uh, sorry, not Cuba, Martinique, Haiti on Thursday, and then Canada play US on Sunday, plus obviously, hopefully, quarterfinals to come. These are big moments for this national team to get experience, and particularly in a competitive environment. You kind of touched on it there, right? Where, you know, Canada needs a, still needs a couple tests here. And that's maybe been the sort of elephant in the room with this run this year is that, like, I just look at that game against the US and I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it more than you know more than more than most games in this qualifying cycle because I want to see how this team stacks up. You know, I know obviously that the US isn't the uh, you know the be all end all at this point, but I mean that's just kind of what what Canada needs going into it. I think, and and it'll be it'll be exciting for sure. It will be, and we'll be recapping the U.S. game next Monday on our podcast as they get to play on Sunday night live on One Soccer at 5.15. It'll be actually a triple header next Sunday. Valor versus York in the afternoon at 2.30 Eastern. Canada, U.S. 4.30 Eastern following that pregame show, 5.15 kickoff on Sunday uh, the 18th, and then following that match of the week. That's right, the come on match of the week in the Canadian Premier League as Atletico Ottawa take on FC Edmonton, and Atletico Ottawa are suddenly <laughs> looking very different right now after a match of the week win again the come on match of the week next week as well as last week here there on sunday they defeat cavalry 2-0 in the nightcap benedict you are our correspondent on this one and 
Ottawa came in desperate for a win, and boy, oh boy, they got it. Yeah, they, they did. Uh, I think, by and large, Calvary were the better team in the first half and probably parts of the second half as well, but a couple of mo- moments of magic from Ottawa, as you've seen them do a couple of times this season, as well as in their first game, um, kind of were the difference, I guess, in the end, because Calvary just couldn't find a, a clinical finish to give themselves the lead, and Came close a couple times, but Ottawa were the ones who, who did take advantage of their opportunity and, and they were rewarded for that with a win. We know this about Ottawa, and we've talked about this already, that their, their shining stars so far have been the ones without the ball. You know, defensively, they've been pretty solid. Uh, I know you gave McKendry love. I think he's been terrific. He's in our, he's in my, he's in our Gatorade team of the week this week. And, you know, Becky played fullback to start this game and then went back to centre-back. What was your overall impressions about what Mista did with the lineup to make them a bit more defensively solid in this game, to stay in a match and, and allow those moments to come to them, Ben? Yeah, I liked uh, bringing in Brandon John again and, and moving Becky wide. I think that was effective. Um, Becky ha- has played right back a, a bit, I think, in his career, and he looks fairly comfortable there. Um I think in, in midfield as well, the, the M&M and M boys, as we call them, they were they were pretty good. Um, up, up top, obviously missing Ryan Telfer is an ideal, of course, but um, they they looked more sort of, looked a little more cohesion, I guess, than in previous games, and uh, especially in the second half. And I think uh, that worked out well for them. And, and what about Meester after the game, Ben? There was a bit of a, quite a few smiles, but he's one of our favorites. And Charlie and I were talking about him before, and Marty's been involved in all of this. Is 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 a delightful, charming man, is he not? Ben, <laughs> might have lost Benedict. Uh, he, have is. Lost. Charlie, he is. Yes. Charlie, I know you were talking to him yeah. last night as well. What was your thoughts about him after the game? Yeah, he he was. Uh, it, it was good to see him. I mean, he always has a smile on his face, but it was good to see him with a you know a well earned one. Yes, because because uh, this this was a really a really you know important I think result for Ottawa to kind of get off the mat a little bit after some difficult performances. Uh, and and Mista was was you know justifiably very pleased with the way that his team mostly defended for this game. You know they had to hold cavalry off as as you would expect to against cavalry. But I mean, one of the things that he had said previously leading up to the game was he wanted to see his team be a little more aggressive and take a little bit more initiative. And I think they did that in this game. They they played quite direct. I mean, both the goals came with you know, kind of route one balls. Like Milovan Kapoor put that one over the top to Zach Verhoeven for the first goal. And really they didn't they didn't mess about with with getting at Cavalry when they were able to win the ball back. And I think it was really effective for Ottawa to to just just really not get in their own heads and, and kind of simplify the game a little bit and play that aggressive, aggressive, you know, demeanor that Mista was hoping for. It's a really good point about the directness. I was co- I was doing the game for one soccer and I showed a bunch of clips post game actually to just basically highlight and identify Karifa Yao's performance. And I know he slipped on the goal, but I thought he was absolutely terrific. But mm-hmm. it is Ottawa's style at the moment. We, as much as we like Manella, McKendry, Martinez in midfield, it isn't the team that's going to effectively play quickly through the lines to break teams down. And so they almost have to go direct. And Kapoor and Becky John, whoever's playing centre back, gets a ton of touches. So their distribution is actually really important, Marty. But this overall, it felt good. It felt good for the league. I said last night, 
you know, we're going to get to Halifax. I mean, they needed a win. They got it early last week. We were talking about York needed a win. They got it. It's almost like there's a lot of parity in the league right now. When teams are back up against the corner and they need to come out fighting, they're coming out swinging. And that's what Ottawa did, Marty. Yeah. And I mean, hopefully we'll see a little bit more of this as the kickoff continues. Teams are starting to tire and rotate. You know, Cavalry was missing Nick Ledgerwood, right? Mason Trafford. You know, it wasn't necessarily a, a first choice side for them by any stretch, not to take anything away from Ottawa. Yeah, it is really good. I, 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 I'm not sure if we've even talked about Zachary Verhoeven yet. If we've even mentioned him, I thought he had a fantastic game. And that's a player that I know players, uh, players here in the CPL really respect. And I know they were kind of wondering why he wasn't getting significant minutes to this point because he plays into that system so well and you can see it on the goal right yeah good point really good point uh you mentioned cavalry there it feels like you know that they're going through a little bit of difficult time at the moment i think that's three games without a goal they're struggling a little bit to score there's they've got a lot of rotation on them and tommy wilden as we said wants answers coming out the bubble not necessarily in them but what was his overall emotions after the game ben when you were talking to tommy yeah, the uh, main sort of uh, point that I took from him was he said uh, disappointed with the result, but not the performance. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, That's probably a fair. Yeah, I think, well, I think, Luca. <laughs> I think we just lost Benedict again a little bit there. But um, yeah, uh, Brady, let me turn to you. I guess this is the theme, is it not? Right now, in 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 the in the bubble where. Managers are not getting too high, not getting too low. Rotation, trying to get themselves a little bit of rhythm here. Yeah, I think that's fair. And like, not to say that Tommy assumed this was going to be an easy game against Ottawa, but you know, when the lineup came out, obviously some some big big players getting an opportunity to rest, and and, and we seen that with Forge earlier in the day. I'm sure we'll dive into that as well. But that's it's just a little bit of the management, isn't it? This isn't a tournament where it's you know we have to win, we have to collect three points as often as possible and get into the playoffs. It's definitely a, it's a long run, and and I think some of these managers who who have been there done that in the full season in 2019 are showing that that patience. Let's get into that then. It's a good segue. You did the Forge game. Fowler mm-hmm. won Forge nil. You alluded to it. Becca didn't start the game's first time. You know, Tristan Henry was given a day off as well. So it is, a, you know, it wasn't a throwaway game. Far from it. And by the way, Forge have come off a terrific week and got beat by a worldie, which we'll get to in a second from Richie. But <laughs> what was the thought from Bobby Smirniotis after the game in terms of what he thought about their defeat to, for- to Valor? Yeah, uh, the first thing that Bobby said was, you know, this was a low event game kind of at both ends and the conditions obviously played a role in that. It was it was hot out there. And I think you could see that, you know, the players were it, it was slowing down significantly in that in that kind of hour mark, which has been a bit of a bit of a theme here as we as we drag on. But no, neither team created a ton and Forge, you know, they really relied on a woo as they have. Uh, in, in the early goings of the season, like I think he let he led them in. I think it was touches, passes completed, attempted crosses, like everything basically until Kyle Becker came out of the field and and then they kind of had the second win there. But no, this was honestly this was a game won by a moment of individual brilliance, which you know that's that's the sort of thing that happens when when the game gets a little bit cagey and and there's not a lot of open space. And when you have a guy like Austin Ritchie who can provide that, that's that's how you steal a game that you might not have necessarily had on another day. Yeah, what's a goal? Go check out the highlights at campiel.ca and Brady's recap as well. Uh, the finish was outstanding. Like, oh, top bins almost. Turned around, fired it right into the top corner. And as you mentioned, this these are the moments we're getting. for A lot of these moments, individual brilliance of moments and, and fantastic goals inside the start of the season. That's been a theme. But what about Valor? 
top of the league. They beat Forge twice now. <laughs> you know, the one game they haven't won uh, is the game that they felt that they just uh, should have had something because they got a free kick denied from them. They, so how much did that inspire them into this game, Brady, in terms of coming off that loss to York when they felt they should have at least got a point with the goal that was disallowed from the free kick? Well, uh, enough for, for Rob to mention it in his post-game presser. So for, you know, a group that continues to say that, you know, they're motivated by, you know, the interior in the dressing room, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of mention of, of outside noise. And I know I'm a good buddy of Rob's. I hope I'm not burning bridges here. But <laughs> no, I think, you know, like, I, I agree with them. Like, I don't, I would never, you know, like it, it's a tough call. It's a, it's a relatively new rule. It's it's harsh on the official. Like it's a, it's a judgment call. Right. And mm. in hindsight, you see, you know, you see a still image and maybe, maybe it was a little bit harsh, but yeah, I mean, they, they said they penciled this for two reasons. They wanted to get three points. They thought they deserved one in the previous game. And then also they wanted to make a statement against forge and, and create as much separation as they can in the early goings. And like you said, two clean sheets and six points is, is a pretty big statement from this group. Yeah, the next time you're walking around listening to this podcast or driving to your office or on a train or whatever, let's think about like the luxuries that we're having right now and those within the bubble, and we'll talk to, we'll turn to you, Marty, uh, and, and not getting. These players literally can't even just go out for a walk uh, unless they, you know, they, they're asked to basically just be careful or be guided or whatever. They're just not allowed to go anywhere. So whatever motivation they can get to spur the, just the anger is totally fine, is it not? And that's what Valor are playing on. This, is, this has been a long, long, tough time. We've already mentioned it. Players literally living blocks away from their family and can't see them. Whatever they turn to to get them going, uh, Valor, every credit that they've turned, up, they've, they've turned it up here and, and get another victory here and just talk a little bit more about what that's like inside that bubble and why they wouldn't be motivated by it because you got to get through it somehow well i think well in valor almost is valor's kind of the home team now they have fans i know rob won't want me to say that either it might be burning bridges with this one too but at least they you know they can come to the stadium and and yeah yeah yeah, they can come to the stadium and you know obviously it was a hot day yesterday and with all the conditions and everything and they still stayed out and they applauded the the fans for for like better part of 20 minutes. And it was, it was, it was great to see. I mean, that, that can galvanize you in a different way. Right. And that's something that maybe these other teams are struggling with. Yep. You know, we, we've had a couple of questions, these press conferences about, you know, obviously the schedule is being dropped today as we're recording this. And it's like, well, if you get to finally go home and play in front of fans, I think ultimately, and in, in I think, well, I know for a fact, talking to players here, everyone's just very much caught up in this moment, right? You're, we've only got about two weeks to go. You know, it's the routine. It's just like, it's your lived experience. You know, you can't really look anywhere past that, but yeah, I mean, Valor has fans, at least. They can, they can galvanize in different ways. They certainly can. Five games played, four wins, one loss, eight goals scored, two against, 12 points, top of the table for Rob Gale's team. Uh, <laughs> good stuff, Brady. Great stuff on the website there, reacting to the Valor win over Forge. Uh, next up, Pacific talking about flying high. What a week it's been for them. They come out firing. Two goals inside 10 minutes, two assists again for our boy Ollie Bassett. Bustos shining brightly. Um... Pacific win 3-0. York didn't have Dominic Zator or Roger Thompson at centre-back. We'll get into that in a minute on their side. Um, but this was a game about Marco Bustos. His parents were in the stands as well. He could celebrate with them afterwards. That was pretty special, obviously, being from Winnipeg as well. Uh, Charlie, let me turn to you, to you here. They were on it from the, from the whistle and turned on the Jets and the style pretty quickly. Yeah, they really did. And there's there's really something special in watching this Pacific team play at the moment because they're just so fluid going forward and, and so entertaining. And it's really 
incredible to me how in sync they're able to be already. I think we said this a little bit last year about Halifax, but the Pacific's kind of showing the same sort of thing where they've got all this chemistry already, even though a number of players in, in their attack, you know, are new to the side. I mean, Ali Bassett and Matteo Polisi have, have come in very seamlessly. Like, especially Bassett, he looks like he's been with this club for four years mm-hmm. and the club hasn't even existed that long. But it's really, really incredible just seeing them go forward. I mean, obviously, Marco Bustos is, you know, the story because I, I think we'd be hard-pressed to say any player in the league has been better than him mm-hmm. for the first, what has it been, five games of this year. He really is on another level right now. I think I looked it up this morning. He's got more touches in the attacking third than anybody in the CPL by like almost 30. It's it's a really, really substantial margin. And I think we saw it. We saw his involvement, obviously, in all three of these goals. I mean, the, the second one, he wins the ball at midfield. He runs it all the way through on his own. He makes the pass to, to Bassett. I don't even know how he saw him. But I also don't know how uh, nobody marked him in the box. But I mean, we'll we'll talk about York in a second. But it really was a special day for Pacific, who you know continue to play some of the most attractive football in this league. Yeah, no doubt. And the third one was uh, that is yeah. already a real. And I know we've had a few of them here. That is a contender for goal of the year. You know, yeah. it, it absolutely is. You know, there's there's been a lot of them already. As I said, we'll get into them. There's, there's Fraser Head, there's a sewer. You know, there's been a few Bustos moments already, and 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 others. But and and obviously Richie. But this this third goal mm-hmm. where he cuts in, and I know York weren't very happy because it looked like Abs he got fouled in the build up during the during the play. Yeah. Um, and I can understand why they wouldn't be happy with that. But York would also be the first ones to say, "Hold on, that." had nothing to do with the, the, the fact that Bustos was just able to cut in and curl it into that corner. Uh, what a goal this was, Charlie, in terms of your reaction when you're writing a piece on this and thinking, <laughs> this guy has just pulled out another absolute dynamic finish. And his finishing yeah. ability is really, I think, gone to another level. Our pinpoint is being able to put the ball into the net and beat these goalkeepers. It really has. And I think, I think the finishing specifically is something that he's worked on over all this time off. He really loves that that same kind of thing, right? Where he he comes in, he cuts off over to his left foot, and he just unleashes that cannon. And I I don't know if it can be stopped, but uh, it, it it is kind of becoming a trademark of his now to mm-hmm. to cut in on his left foot and and to make that that shot, and it it works out a lot more than it doesn't. <laughs> right. But yeah, I I. I'm not going to lie in the, in my kind of match analysis, I had Ollie Bassett penciled in as my man of the match until that moment. Right. Yeah. <laughs> At which point I, uh, I, I really couldn't justify not making it Bustos again. <laughs> and, well, Bass- and- ba- Bassett and Bustos will make both, both make the Gatorade team of the week this week, by the way. So deservedly so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, another credit, every credit for Bassett again. Um, a real special moment in this game. Also, Matteo, Matteo Polisi got his first ever professional goal. We talked about Coupland already. This is the special moment about this league in terms of giving these players opportunities. And, you know, when you see a player sink to his knees and is surrounded by his teammates and almost, you know, brought to tears in the middle of a match and professionals always have this resolute mindset that they don't need to show too much emotion. That's what it's all about, Marty. That's what it's all about right there. Young Canadians getting chances to score and then, you know, breaking down surrounded by their teammates that you know, that was a real special iconic moment from the bubble yeah and it happened it happened so early and that that wasn't mm-hmm. even you could say that wasn't even the most emotional moment on the day 
right. after Marco Busto scores and waves to his his parents, who he says he hasn't played in front of since he was with Valor. So that would have been, yeah, 2019. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you can't feel like Pacific has a, and and maybe we can, I know you kind of spoke on this a little bit, Charlie, but like you can tell the 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 team is just built differently. And it's built like a family, right? And and like a goal celebration like that, I don't think you get that from 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 you know not most teams, but I don't think you get that from every single team, right? It was just it was just a special moment for sure. Yeah, it certainly was. Benedict, what do you feel when you watch this Pacific team? What's uh, impressive to you about them? And and Marco Bustos is uh, a, a, any argument about him being arguably the best player in the league right now? <laughs> no arguments for me on that one. I think uh, the Pacific team. We've talked about it countless times on this podcast. Like they just look like such a, a unit and Marty said a family. I think that that's clear on and off the pitch. They just seem like so in sync with one another. And, and, and Marco Bustos is obviously a huge part of that. Yeah, it certainly is. Brady, your thoughts on Pacific? Yeah, I think, you know, like after the game, you see Ollie Bassett tweeting about this police goal and, and congratulating him and, and talking about how happy he is for him. I think like Charlie said, this is a guy who's not Canadian. He's come here for, you know, kind of a, a, a second chance in his career, if you will. And, and he's, bought into this team so quickly and I think obviously there's talent there but to get that you know that cohesion and that and that kind of brotherhood and chemistry is a massive part of what they're doing and also if if I may I'm, I'm really trying to plug this this Manitoba Mo Salah thing for Marcos Bustos I'm, I'm obsessed with these little these little nicknames that are arising from the Euro so in light of the the Midlands Maradona shouts for for Ali Bassett's boy Jack Grealish, I'm going with uh, Manitoba Mo Salah for for Marco Bustos. That's my show. See, I, we had we had someone bring up Arian Robin and referencing him as well okay. uh, on mm-hmm. the ground here, which is I mean that's another good one. Wow, the foot left foot like that, yeah, yeah. But any basically any any left footed yeah. winger wants to cut in, yeah. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and also shout out to Ali Bassett who. Um, uh, in a hoodie was uh, almost in tears <laughs> surrounded by some crazy celebrations around I thought we weren't going to talk about it 556 <laughs> eastern and no, no, I'm talking about I'm not talking about anything I'm just uh, shout out to him at a difficult time at 556 p.m. eastern time on Sunday <laughs> no um, Ollie Bassett in a hoodie in the middle of uh, the bubble just getting this is destroyed. this is just such a bizarre way to walk around it I love uh, it this is great <laughs> keep going it's all good uh, anyway uh, <laughs> Final thought on this game, uh, no Zator, no party. Uh, Dom Zator not playing in this game at all. Um, boy, oh boy, did they miss him. And I know Thompson wasn't playing as well. Um, no discredit to the ones who played there, by the way. It was, And also, I think a couple of the goals, you could really look at the midfield who we were praising a ton in their victory over Valor, just not necessarily dropping back. To be honest, Petrasso played as a 10 and looked exhausted to really try to press. Yeah. Uh, we know Lowell Wright's played a ton of minutes into the nine. They both got removed at halftime. It just seemed a little bit of a game too far. And when you go down 2-0 in this, Charlie, the overall thoughts of Jim Brennan after the match, was that pretty much a summary of it? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it was always going to be a challenging one for York. I mean, you miss, you're missing all of your center backs. So Jordan Wilson, who's a midfielder, comes in to play alongside Chris Nivikensa, who's a right back. And then you have Aija Halley playing at right back. Uh, it, it was it was a little bit makeshift from York, and I think I think maybe you you might expect them to struggle, and and that's kind of what Brennan said after the game. Like he he can't really be that upset with right. with it. I mean, no. you know, there's there's breakdowns at the back that cause him to go down so early, and obviously that throws your game plan out the window immediately. Um, but. He, it, again, it's it's just a really difficult situation for them. I I think we we asked Jordan Wilson after the game, just 
what it was like being in that that back four and, and being called on to play that role. And he said, you know, listen, it's not that he's uncomfortable playing center back. It's that, I mean, he's new to the team. So is his center back partner. So is Cedric Toussaint in front of him. Uh, and it, it's just really hard to to defend cohesively with everybody just kind of being asked to to do a job that's not necessarily their most comfortable. So, I mean, it, it's obviously... You, you can't take too many positives out of losing 3-0. But I, I, York didn't seem particularly, you know, disgruntled. They kind of, you know, they understand that it's a long season and this was always going to be, you know, quite a big ask with just the way that the circumstances were. Yeah, and I suppose if you really break it down from that point of view, they got beat by a super, uh, just a special player. You know, mm-hmm. like they didn't have that player on their team. And other than that, away from the moments, there was a lot of moments where they were in the game. You yeah. know, they, they were they were in the match. So, look, you know, you're never going to really, it's going to be really struggle to come back after being 2-0 down inside nine minutes, but particularly with the amount of players that they had out. But every credit that they stayed in the game and the positives will move forward for them. Uh, by the way, we'll get into those games a little bit later on. We'll preview some of those, but next up for York will be Cavalry on Wednesday night. Final game of the weekend was the opening match of the weekend. Halifax Wanderers 2, FC Edmonton 1. Halifax become the final team to get a victory. And quite frankly, we were talking a little bit about this last night on our post-game show on One Soccer uh, with Andy Petrillo, Oliver Platt, and myself. Uh, I think it would have been pretty harsh based on the way they played the, in the bubble so far if Halifax hadn't have won a game by now because even though some struggles have been there, they haven't been poor enough to not win one of their games. Um, Brady, you were uh, looking at this game as well. This is a game that they needed to win and did win and probably deserved to win as well. Yeah, I think they were full marks for this one. And and like I know Ollie mentioned last night on one soccer, like they didn't have a natural center back in the lineup and, and they, they found a way to make that work. And you know, Mazut Mert, who's who's filling in right now for for Steven mentioned, this is a squad that that was built on players who, you know, have that ability to adapt and play multiple positions. But at the same time, he also said in the heat of the moment, it was more about we were gonna do anything to get those three points. And I think mm-hmm. you saw that a little bit. They sat on that on that two goal lead and, and found a way to get it done. But no, I, like this was one of the things I highlighted ahead of this game was that the, like if you look at the expected goals, you look at the advanced stats. They've been creating chances. They they've been a little bit unlucky, but at the end of the day, once you, once it, it's four or five matches, you know you've just got to find a way to, to get a ball in the back of the net. And while Morelli did that twice, and and that was the difference really. Yeah, Morelli was outstanding in the game, and they've still struggled a little bit to get goals out of their nine. Garcia's had a really slow start, Marty, but we've had a week here where we've talked about Becker getting a brace, Bustos has delivered a brace here, and when they needed a talisman, Morelli stepped up, and we shouldn't be surprised about that, should we? No, we shouldn't. I mean, his his island games were were fantastic. He was maybe a bit behind uh, Akeem Garcia in the spotlight there. Hasn't even played a game at Wanderers grounds, but obviously all the Wanderers fans <laughs> love him. Um, and then maybe just a quick highlight for for Maury Donor, just because I yeah. cut this clip last night. I'm going to play it right now. I know you, you you guys can't see it, but his his hero run from from the back corner flag all the way to that cross to Stefan Karyavanovic at the back post, which was like objectively the best chance created all game that unfortunately Stefan missed, but Maury was tireless and like, you know, it was hot down there still. I know people, you know, I know that the, the game on Sunday uh, was, was objectively, uh, well, it was uh, quite a bit hotter on the pitch, but it was still a rough, like rough uh, going out there. And Maury ran like crazy for 90 minutes. I think he deserves all the credit. 
He does. Murray Donor uh, gave Oliver Platt and I a little bit of a migraine on Sunday night putting together the team of the week because Caden <laughs> Chung played two games and was terrific at right back and just gets the nod over Murray Donor who played oh, one game. That's uh, tough. But it was tough. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Uh, Chung mm. was very, very good in both games this week. So, uh, But Murray Donor gave him all the love because he didn't make the Gatorade team of the week and he probably should have. But just play, <laughs> just play me and Ollie. It's totally fine. Uh, but the Morelli and Maury show uh, let's get yeah, that. Going. Yeah, yeah. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, every credit, uh, Benedict. It was nice to see Halifax get a win here because Parity is reaming supreme a little bit in the bubble, and as we've all said here, they deserve this. Morelli gets the gets the brace, and um, yeah, just a, a, a good overall team. I thought the midfield was terrific as well. Your thoughts mm-hmm. so far, Benedict, on Halifax? Yeah, they definitely needed a win. I think they they kind of came close a couple times. They've they they seem as you mentioned like too good to to not have picked up a win yet. Um, yeah, the midfield was good. Uh, Maury Donor was, was probably my man of the match. Yeah, I think so yeah. too. I agree. <laughs> Got out again. again. But Brady, let me turn to you then about about uh, Edmonton. Mm-hmm. They are a team that stay in games but are still lacking that one big punch as well at front, yeah. I think. Is that fair? Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I mean, they, they've got two good center forwards in Warshawski and Ongaro, but neither of them have scored a goal in, in, in this run of games, right? So, again, we talked. To, I talked about the sample size with Halifax. You can you can be happy with the advanced stats all you want, but, you know, once you get to four or five games and it's not showing, so you, you've got to get some end product, right? And so I know Alan Koch has been happy with Warshawski and Ongaro, but I wonder, you know, how long until we see both of them start a game from the off? I know he mentioned they brought some players in to – to give him that opportunity because he, he, he raises a fair point. If I, if I start both those guys and one of them gets injured, then what do I do in the next game? Right. And I, I think that makes sense. But now that they have that flexibility and that depth up front, I think they've got to roll the dice and, and go with both of these guys. Interesting. Well, I think washevsky has been class. He just yeah. needs to score. Yeah. He is an absolute handful. I don't think there's another yeah. player. There's not another player, I think, in this league who looks like that player in terms of his profile. Of, there's this like when you play against him, you're like, He's not like this guy. He's not like it's just a very different kind of player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, Brady, he put his body around. He was involved in a ton <laughs> of moments in this game again. Yeah, and well, like I don't, I don't have the numbers to back this up, but that Halifax backline might have been one of the smallest backlines in in other league history, maybe the sports history. Like <laughs> I think the tallest guy back there was probably Kareem Sal at like five ten. And you mentioned Warshevsky is just like a bull in a china shop up there. I think honestly. Maybe the one thing that, that might have hurt them was that it was a little bit too route one. Like they were looking for Warshawski every time they got into the final third. And Halifax adjusted a little bit to that. I think they, they could have used the pace of Asua and other guys out wide just to just to keep them honest at wide. And you have a guy like Corey Bent doing a job at left back, not a natural role for him. Right. Maybe try and expose that. But it, I, I think you can see Halifax thought, okay, they, they see that we don't have a natural center back. They're going to try to bully us in the middle and, Warshevsky did did set up the only goal, right? He, he bounced it back mm-hmm. for Aird, and, and that worked for them. But again, I think there's got to be a little bit more more deception and, and dynamism up front. Fraser Aird only scores goals outside the box. <laughs> yeah. Wow, yeah. well, another uh, great another another great strike, Marty. This is uh, we're <laughs> seeing we're seeing some great strikes outside the box here. For I know I know you're working on some magical moments for us when you're there, and I'm sure you're clipping a bunch of these worldies. It's just, yeah. I mean, it, it's just, it, it, it's, it's just funny. I guess. Yeah, I mean, to, to have, yeah, to, to, it's. I, I really like that finish, and I think Fraser's had a good, 
has had a good season, like outside of even the goals. Like he's 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 delivering corners. Like he's he's become like a kind of a bit of a talisman for this team at the back alongside um, Amir Didich. Yeah, I mean, basically anyone to run off at Tobias at this point is a good idea from from any position. The center back should get up there and start running <laughs> off them. Anyone, because it just seems to work out. There you go. All right, time for some rapid fire, and we segue with this because of Warshevsky. Who's your favorite number nine who plays in the CPL so far this season? Not literally on his back, but who is your favorite striker? Uh, and mine is Warshevsky, and he's going to get a goal soon. He's going to ha- it's going to happen. But I just love this guy. You look at him and you think. Yeah, he's a bit of a you know a bit of a big striker. He's not. He, he mustn't have good feet, but he's actually pretty. He's got soft feet. Yeah. The ball comes into him. He holds the ball yeah. up really well. Uh, you yeah. can see that he galvanizes his plays. He's a bit of a physical leader. He's vocal leader out there as well. So uh, I'm going to go with Wachewski. Be happy to add on to more love for him if you want for Tobias or uh, <laughs> give us your favorite striker so far in the season, uh, Benedict. I'm also going to go for Warshawski for all the reasons you said. I think like he he seems due for a goal, and I think once he does score one, the floodgates are going to open, and he's going to be a real difference maker. Brady, I'm going to go with Austin Ricci. I've just loved his attitude after he scored. He's like he's he's the least surprised guy in the field, and I love that about a number nine. There, it's so, so <laughs> true. He's got the swagger right now, Charlie. Yeah. Um, I just, I just do want to add quickly that Warshawski should have a goal because he was robbed of one in the first game. <laughs> <laughs> um, but right. I'm also going to go with Austin Ritchie, actually. And I, I think he's he's just been a really tremendous guy to watch this year. Marty Thompson, you get to break the tie or add another one. I'm going to break the tie. I'm going to say Austin Ritchie. Uh, and also shout out, he, he gave he gave our camera guy uh, a kiss on the lens <laughs> uh, for uh, for his, his mom's birthday. So shout out to, to Mama Ritchie. Oh. I mean, that goal was for you. Always That's nice. Like that. You know, just finding the camera, Austin Ricci just knows where it is, runs yeah. over and finds a the camera. There you go. I uh, shout out also to Lowell Wright, who I thought yes. got a few votes in there as well. What a tremendous start to the season he's had. Okay, let's give a shout out to a player who you think needs more love and attention in the CPL so far this season, whether you're not hearing enough love on our show, one soccer on our website. Uh, one player you think that needs more love, Marty. Let's go to you. Marco Bustos. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just that guy? We haven't talked about it. <laughs> um, why not? I, I, because I wanted to mention Malcolm Shaw last segment. I'm going to say yeah. Malcolm Shaw. Yeah, I think he's, hard. yeah, he's working hard. He's, he's filling a role. You know, I think we mentioned last week he's a bit isolated at times, but he's also started all these games. Like he's, he's, he's a bit of a talisman too. Good one, Charlie. Uh, I'll stick with Valor and I'll go with Andy Baccaro. I think that, yes. was a, that was a tremendous bit of recruiting by Rob Gale to get him in there. And I think he's led the team in touches every time he's started. He's he's just been really, really phenomenal. Yeah, and he's, he's, he looks like a versatile player too, right? Can yeah. switch mm-hmm. over to the left and everything. Payne was terrific in that yeah. game as well, by the way. Uh, Benedict? I'm going to go for Zach Verhoeven. I think he's, he's been really good to start this season. And I think he's one of the best attackers in this league, I think, when he's on his day. And we'll see if he can keep the, up the good form after his performance on, uh, on Sunday. Good one. And Brady? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Jonathan Swa. I'm pretty sure we just talked about Valor getting a fourth clean sheet and didn't say his name, so it just doesn't feel right. So uh, every yep. credit to him. <laughs> That's a good one. I'm going to go for the yeah. Forge player, and they get lots of love, but Kwame Iwu hasn't made my good week again, and I can't get him in because Pena was terrific, but he has been <laughs> outstanding for Forge. And, uh, and I just think that I'm watching this player and thinking he's going to go to another level this season. He's already coming out of this bubble as one of the best players in there. So Iwu for me, uh, we give a bit more love to. 
Okay, game you're looking forward to in midweek. The schedule is as follows. We kick off on Tuesday this week, which is nice. Halifax Wanderers take on Pacific at 8 o'clock Eastern on Tuesday, 7 o'clock local. On Wednesday, it is a doubleheader. York United against Cavalry. Forge versus FC Edmonton. And then on Thursday at the 5 o'clock Eastern hour, because obviously Canada follows this, Ottawa, Athletic Ottawa against Vala. Uh, game you're looking forward to the most out of the four, Benedict. I'm going for the last game, Ottawa and Valor. I think both teams are going to look to try and win a second game in a row and should be an interesting match between Mr. and Rob Gale. Marty. I know it's the late, the late one on Wednesday, but Forge versus FC Edmonton. CPL historians will note that FC Edmonton has had Forge's number. I think they're at a, they're, I think they're dead even right now. Uh, they were dead even going into the Island Games as well. Uh, I would love to see if Edmonton could be the only team I think in league history to uh, to have a a positive record against Forge. I like that, uh, Charlie. That's a great shot, Marty. I'm going to go with York and Cavalry though. Uh, also on Wednesday at at seven. Uh, these are two teams that both need to respond after the weekend, and and I think that always makes for a really entertaining match. Good one. Uh, Brady? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Coastal Clash. I'm going to go Halifax-Pacific. You know, Pacific's going to bring the fireworks up front, and let's see if Halifax can can roll the Morelli train on on Tuesday. We did we did not plan this, but that means yeah. all four of you picked four different games. And I love it. So that makes it easy for me to assign the final one is CPL Predictor. You can choose. Uh, please go on the website and play the CPL Predictor. A chance to win tickets to the final at the end of this year. Uh, you just basically picked your games, guys. I'm going to ask for predictions. So, Brady, back to you. Uh, Halifax Pacific on Tuesday. You will be our correspondent on this game as well. Uh, your thoughts on a, pot- a potential... Um, scoreline. If you were playing the predictor, what would you predict here to help our listeners? I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go one to one. I think I like a draw on this one. Okay, Charlie York Cavalry. Who would you go with? Well, now it's not original if I pick a draw as well. So I'll say <laughs> I'll say this is gonna be a two one York win. There we go. Uh, Forge Edmonton body. Two nil Edmonton. All goals <laughs> from outside the box. <laughs> <laughs> Does Warshevsky get one? He gets both. Oh, wow. bangers. <laughs> Love that, Marty. <laughs> and Benedict, to finish, uh, Atletico Ottawa Valor Thursday prediction. I'm going to say uh, 2 1 to Valor. Okay, 2 1 to Valor. The steam train keeps going out there uh, for Valor and Rob Gale. All right, this has been the CPL Newsroom Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. Please listen to us as we give out these reviews pretty much twice a week at the moment. Please rate and review on your favorite podcast. And we receive any kind of feedback. Please let us know what you want. And we'll start answering your questions on future shows as well. For Marty, for Charlie, for Ben, and for Brady, I'm Christian. Thanks for listening and watching. And we'll be back later this week.